Hebrews chapter 3. Let's turn together this morning. Someone want to get for us 1 Timothy 3.15. Cindy Hines. As we open our scripture this morning to the study of God's house, I wonder if someone could get us a refreshing of what the error of proprietorship is. What is the error of pri proprietorship? Anyone tell me? Jeff Brown? Okay, we feel that we own... In other words, uh, we can simplify that because it goes more than, uh, than possessions, doesn't it? It's, a, it's a, an attitude of ownership, okay, in all of uh, life. That's good. Okay, as stewards, we've been studying um, concerning the, uh, uh, the truth of, uh, of administration or uh, as the stewards of God. And so what is the central thrust of all the study of, uh, of administration or the, uh, the uh, distributing of God's, uh, of God's economy, which involves many, many, many things. What's the, uh, what's the central thrust? John Palmer? Okay, we are accountable, and uh, we know that. That's, a, that's true with all of these things. And, uh, okay, but... Uh, what's the central uh, truth or the central thrust of why uh, that we have to be stewards or why we're going to be held accountable? What's God after, anyway? Uh, Louis? Okay, time is one of those things, and so uh, we know that time we minister. We know that uh, uh, possessions... Uh, Jeff Brown has uh, talked about, we're going to study about the stewardship of life, and uh, this is all true, but why are these things, uh, what difference does that make? What difference does it make? Rob Kennard, here comes the answer. Okay, that's true. Uh, there's a central thrust that he's after in accomplishing that. Uh, Cindy? Building of the house of God, and so... Uh, uh, that's a complicated phrase. That's very true. So that means what? How are we going to build the house of God? We're going to get some bricks and stones and Mr. Kaler. Okay, the word of God's redemption in Christ is what builds the house of God because people get saved. And so all of these things, time, possessions, and life, are uh, toward that central theme or that central thrust. In doing that, we build our character, and God's working out a character which has an eternal purpose as far as what he's going to do with us. Very good. Okay, what three areas? Uh, we've already got these here, and so we'll uh, pass over that question. You've already answered that. So let's, uh, let's read our central scripture, Hebrews 3, 1 through 6. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who has builded the house has more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant 
for a testimony of those things which are to be spoken after. But Christ, as the Son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, firm unto the end. First Timothy 3.15, Cindy Hines. The house of God is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. Okay, turn with me to Luke 16. I want to uh, come back and finish off a positive note of a facet that we uh, studied before, and that had to do with possessions. And uh, we didn't get finished with that, and we ended on kind of a negative note. And so I want to uh, conclude that because it's a considerably uh, more expanded study than what we, uh, that we had time for. We had to stop. And so if you'll turn with me to Luke 10, we want to uh, uh, take a continuation of God's people as stewards of things. Stewards of things. Luke 10, uh, or rather 16, rather 10. Luke 16. Uh, verse 10. Luke 16, 10. <clears throat> he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now this is put right in the middle of a uh, scripture that's teaching uh, the entire uh, truths that we've been talking, and so I'd just like to use that as a launching pad, and we'll come back to that before we finish this morning. John D. Rockefeller said, I would love to find some work or some group or some person that I could give a large sum of money where that could be done without destroying the people and the work. Now, he was a great philanthropist. He gave away millions of dollars. And uh, it troubled him because he saw this, uh, this frailty in human nature that he was not a good steward and that he saw that possessions that were given into his hand were often detrimental to his welfare and whatever work he was involved in. So let's uh, take an examination this morning and go back to some basics just for a moment and some other material that we didn't touch on earlier. I want Exodus 3.22, somebody over in the far section. I want Bill Bancroft, Brother Dan, would you get for me Exodus 11, 2 and 3? And I saw another hand, uh, was it John? Would you get for me Exodus 12, 35 and 36? God is at work in planet Earth. We ought to... Uh, begin to understand that God is at work. That we are not just in life and uh, things happen according to the laws of, of uh, nature, but God is at work. In other words, he is involved in the subject that we're talking about this morning. Exodus chapter 3, verse 22, Bill Bancroft. 
Okay, here's the, uh, the narration of the children of Israel uh, coming up out of Egypt. The, these are God's people, and God is at work in these people, and so he says to them, I want you to ask. This word borrow is, is not a good word. It's lost in the English translation. It doesn't mean something that you're going to pay back. That's what we know as borrow today. It means you tell them, said, I want to give me your wallet. And uh, so they just reach in and print out, and all those $100 bills come rolling out. Amen. <laughs> That's what the word borrow means. We pick this narration up later. This is what God said I'm going to do, and we pick it up later in Exodus 11, 2 and 3. Okay, it didn't make any difference to thee. Where God gave favor, there was a, a, an involvement in the affairs of the children of God, God's people, Exodus 12, 35 and 36. Scripture says they spoiled the Egyptian. Now, what we're after this morning is that we should never view commerce as something that is dependent upon man's abilities alone. We know, and we're going to study in the study of uh, Stewards of Life, that we're responsible for the development, for the enlargement, for the, for the uh, furtherance of our own abilities and God-given capabilities. But we ought to never view commerce, this is business, employment, making money, whatever uh, terms or facets that, uh, that uh, uh, is something that, God, that uh, man does alone, but God is involved in this. Now, if you do not see that, you don't understand the Word of God. And so when we begin to view that, that we are simply functioning on our own abilities, this is what brings about the spirit of proprietorship. See, I didn't, uh, God didn't got this for me. I work for this. See, I've had people tell me that. said, what do you mean? God gave this to me. I work for this. It's mine. Now, I can just feel I struck a familiar chord right there. Okay, let's follow that on through the Scripture. In this section here, Deuteronomy 8, 8, 17 and 18. Deuteronomy 8, 17 and 18. Brother John Palmer. Hosea 2, 8 and 9. Somebody. Uh, Alan. Uh, Hosea 2, 8 and 9. Ecclesiastes 5, 19. Uh, Robbed uh, Olmsted. Ecclesiastes 6.2, Brother Bill Rowland. Okay, we're going to see that according to the Word of God. Now, remember, this is the same book. This is the same scripture that wrote John 3.16. There are other things in there besides John 3.16. If I said to you, you know what, Mike? Do you believe John 3.16? I said, Absolutely. So do you believe uh, Deuteronomy 8, 17, 18? Well, what does it say? Well, I don't know. Maybe so. I'm not sure. Can't figure that out. Deuteronomy 8, 17, 18. God says, You beware when I have brought you into possessions and into these blessings that your heart doesn't rise up, and in pride you begin to say, My power or my ability... Uh, has gotten me this wealth. I did this. 
I'm smooth. I'm sharp. I stayed awake at night. I schemed. And I have this. He says, you beware lest you understand or lose the understanding that it is God that gives you the power to get wealth. It is God that gives you power to get wealth. Many a man and woman has been had to be brought to this understanding through very serious circumstances. And I don't care where you're working or what business you have or what employment you're involved in or what position. If you forget that, woe be to you that God is involved in this world, my friend. And it's He that gives you the power and the ability to obtain material possession. And it's not your own ability and not your own power not your own wisdom, not your scheming. Hosea 2, 8 and 9. Here's God speaking later to Israel. Israel has apostatized, has gone as a whore after other gods, and God is, is speaking to her as if this was his wife, gone, uh, gone bad. And he says to Israel, says she's forgot that it's me that gave her these things, and so I'll come and I'll take it away from her. Hosea 2, 8 and 9. Ecclesiastes 5, 19. This is the gift of God. Ecclesiastes 6.2 A man to whom God has given riches, honor, and wealth. And so he speaks of the tragedy of a man being stripped of that understanding. Do we have any question or input right about here? We'll stop just for a minute. Anybody have any questions? Input? Comment? Argument? Ken? Rob? We'll put that in our in our slick back publication that uh, man. Trust God goes broke. <laughs> we'll put it on channel 40. They love those kind of testimonies. See, we live in a world of reality, don't we? Brother Rob. Truly God is a good God to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Amen. But he goes on and finishes the psalm, and he says, God doesn't always pay off on Friday. Amen? Okay. Let's, uh, let's uh, begin to move on, and we'll come back to some of this perhaps. But our goal in life should not be riches and wealth. That is not our goal in life. <clears throat> Contrary to uh, Brother Roberts in, in uh, Tulsa, that is not our goal in life. And the blessing packs and the Joash chests and the prayer letters and the etc. and etc. That's not our motivation. In life, Second Chronicles chapter one, eleven and twelve. Over on my far right, I need some scriptures to be read. 
Quickly, Rob Kennard, would you get this for me? Second Chronicles 1, 11, 12. I need First Timothy 6, 6 through 10. Uh, Dave uh, Burke and uh, Lee, would you get for me Psalms 49, verse 6? I need Psalm 62, 10. Uh, Brother Van Dyke, Psalm 62, verse 10. Our motivation in life, our goal, is not riches and wealth. Second Chronicles 1, 11 and 12. Okay, here's a tremendous statement and a profound scripture that God appears to Solomon and says to Solomon, anything you want, you tell me, and I'll give it to you. What, what would you do if, 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 if I said this morning, and, uh, and God appeared to you and said, uh, Jeff, anything you want, would you say, I'll take my own jewelry store, Lord, with uh, the stock paid for, and I'd really like to be used in the kingdom of God. You know, it's, it's easy to be spiritual and sit in pious in church and smile, but I'm talking about reality. I'm talking about if God really said, right now, Dwayne, what do you want in life? I'm, I'll give you anything you want. You ask and I'll give it to you. What would you say? What would you say, Alan? Rob, what would you do? You know, it's easy to be spiritual. Oh, yeah, I'm spiritual, you know. But God says you got one wish, one time, one shot, fire. What would you do? It's not as easy as you think it is. Amen. There's a lot of thinking going on here. One wish. <laughs> Solomon said, Lord, what I want is to be able to be faithful to the position you've placed me in. That's what I want above anything else. And he said, I know that that'll really take a lot of wisdom. And I'd like wisdom, God. And God was so pleased with Solomon that he said, because you haven't asked riches or honor, I'm going to add to you riches and honor and, and length of days. Okay. First Timothy 6, 6 through 10. They that want to be rich. For we brought nothing into this world, and we'll bring, and take nothing out. Therefore, let us send for the book that tells us how to confess positively, and we shall all be Christian millionaires. You know what that said there? No, I didn't, did it? Hmm. Our motivation in life by the Scripture as stewards of God. Now, this is spoken as stewards of God. Psalms 49, verse 6. Shall do what? That's it? Okay. Speaks derogatorily of those who uh, trust in their wealth and boast in their riches. Psalm 62, verse 10. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Okay, stewards of God. Here we are. So we know that uh, this is going to be our motivation. We know that it's God that gives us power to be prosperous, to, for prosperity. 
and so here we have now the deposit is made that's that's what we've been talking about the deposit has been made God brings this into our hands as stewards of God we can come back to our opening scripture in a moment now what's God going to do with this money then if he owns it all what's he going to do with it Victor Make stewards to take care of it. So we build cellars and and we put padlocks on this and we lock it all up. And make sure that none of those dirty birds get any of it. Right? Take care of. It. We got to watch over God's money. We got to protect it. Right? No. Uh, well, use it. Use it in the way He would have it. Okay. We have to use it then. So then we're talking about administration. Then is this correct? That's what a steward is, isn't it? Okay. Now we're on the right track. Let's get Exodus 36, 3 through 7. We're going to begin to backtrack in history a little, and this will be Dan. After 10, I want Second Chronicles 31, 5 through 10. Uh, uh, Mark Hamilton and Rod Olmstead, would you get for me First Corinthians 16, 1 through 3? I need Malachi 3, 11 and 12. Somebody in here, uh, Dwayne uh, Renz. Okay, if he owns all, and he's made this deposit, when he starts to draw the account now, How's he going to do this? Does he just store it up? No. Uh, Victor says, no, he's going to, he expects us to be administrators of that. That's what ministry is. Uh, Exodus 36, verses 3 through 7, Dan Atherton. We're going to find out a little backtracking of history and find out something that happened concerning all this. Remember now, Dan, when we came up, you read the scripture before, God says you just go and you ask all those Egyptians and the men and the women and even Pharaoh's servants, and they're going to they're going to just they're going to they're going to help. I'm going to I'm involved in this, and a miracle happened. They just were blessed, and they went out of Egypt with a with a great uh, treasure. Now, if the deposit's been made, now we're going to draw on the account. Exodus 36, three through seven. And too much. All right, what were they doing with that, Dan? The sanctuary was what? It was the tabernacle. God's house. This is the, the present revelation of the locale where God's going to manifest himself. And so the administration of this had to do with God's house. And as stewards, the deposit had been made. God starts to draw an account... And they're faithful, and they bring so much that, that uh, there's, uh, there's too much. Okay? When the people were faithful, there was an abundance for God's work. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 3. Okay, here's offering taken for the work of God. Malachi 3, 11 and 12. Did you read verse 11? Read verse 10. Okay. Bring you all the tithe into the storehouse. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open you the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing that you shall not be able to contain it. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, etc., etc. Okay. Uh, what have we found out so far now? Somebody tell us. 
Anybody tell us what we found out? What have we found out? Sam, what have we found out? Okay. Uh, Kathy Kennard. For the purpose of furthering his work, which is building the house of God. Bill? Okay. We can use it for proprietors or glorify God. Dave Burke. You, you wouldn't do that, would you, Dave? <laughs> Amen. How many have you ever done that? We give an altar call in a while for the hypocrites. Amen. I'm sure almost every person has uh, had that thought in their mind. I'm going to do this, but now I'm going to check you out, God. If you, you know, if you're going to give it back, well, I don't mind giving. I'm going to do this and. And I'll see if you're going to do that or not. And so then we tithe and we get fired. <laughs> Glory. Isn't this interesting? Brother Dave. Not necessarily in a financial realm. Well, what other ways would there be? There's no other. I mean, really, if you want to say it right, you say it with money, isn't don't you? Isn't that true? No, it's not true. You mean we can't go out and, and uh, run up uh, a bill at Sears and Obuck and J.C. Penney and Pacific Finance and and uh, Credit Swift and, uh, and and God's not going to get us out of this? I mean, I thought that's what it said there. As a cold voice of experience speaking of there. Amen. Sister Heidi. Character. Okay, we may come back to that in a minute. I saw some other hands over here. Uh, Brother uh, Dale. He gives you the ability to what? Okay, that... that uh, we need to put that down. That's a better... Uh, Definition of what we're talking about. Okay, uh, Mark. Take it with you. That's an interesting thought. In it. you ought to see some of the things that are in the Egyptian museum that that the pharaohs uh, put in their tombs. They thought they were taking it with them, but they're not. You can just walk through there, and they're still there. Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of gold. I mean, this one dude had six coffins. Six coffins. Gold uh, overlay. One mask that was uh, really, really close to his body. And then six coffins on top of that, all gold overlay. And they all put inside over and over and over and over again. And I mean, he... He, he had a lot of money. He wanted, he wanted all in there. And they buried all that with him. And he didn't take it with him. Still there. People are just wandering by and looking and saying, Man, what a lot of gold. Wow. wonder what that's worth on the world market today. And he don't have one thin dime of it. He's in hell today without that gold. 
Then? Okay, they join together for the work of God. Excellent. Somebody else. Bill Bancroft. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> You've come a long way, baby. <laughs> Amen. Thank God for that. Brother Joe. Uh, I was reading where Joseph was steward of Pharaoh, and Joseph had to come making them money, and we're being unfaithful. Okay, that comes under the stewardship of life, and we're going to get back on that when we get to the stewardship of life. Okay. Uh, Dick. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Somebody else. Uh, Betty? World evangelism on the installment plan. Amen. That's where they come from. If you want a refrigerator, you go down to Sears and Obuck and you sign the ticket. And you pay fifteen, twenty a month. So it's paid for. Right? Did you get a new refrigerator? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, if you need to set a tire, you go down to uh, uh, Goodyear and uh, they put you in touch with Pacific Finance. And you pay fifteen dollars a week plus interest for the rest of your life at thirty six percent interest. So you have to plan. Amen. Someone else. But remember, stewards, stewardship takes into, uh, takes into account that, that you, uh, it, it, the scripture talks about uh, business and uh, says, be not slothful in business. Slothful in business. Did you ever read that? And uh, a better translation, Mitchell 1, 1 would be, don't be stupid in business. Sam? Sam? Power with money. Yes. Yes. Okay, our giving then should not be viewed as doing God a favor. Say, well, uh, okay, God, I'm, gonna, I'm feeling really generous today. And so I think I'm going to give you an extra 20. Make you feel good, God? Yeah, well, I, you know, I do that sometimes when I... <laughs> Just never know when I'm going to just loosen up and... You like that, huh, God? Well, you know, I'm the last of the big-time spenders. But giving should always be viewed as a stewardship. A stewardship. And we're getting, beginning to home in now on the real truth. I want First Chronicles 29, 10 through 14. Somebody in this section here. Uh, Rob Race, would you get that for me? First Chronicles 29, 10 through 14. Uh, I want Luke. Uh, well, let's go through these together. Let's, let's turn to First Chronicles 29, 10 through 14. Let's follow Rob. Uh, maybe I'll uh, do a little ad-libbing while we come through this. First Chronicles 29, uh, 10 through 14. Okay, Rob, go ahead. Would you read that for us? First Chronicles
All things come of you, and of thine own have we given to thee. If you, if you back up in chapter 29, you'll find that they're getting ready now to build a temple in Jerusalem. And David is the leader. He begins to set the pace, and he uh, prepared gold and silver. And uh, then the leaders begin to bring of the precious things and, uh, and uh, the, uh, for the work of the, of the building, for the service of the house of God. Of, uh, and he names that off, verse 8, precious stones. And verse 9, then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly, because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with a great joy. So here we find then that the giving is in stewardship. And so in that, what we want to understand is, as Brother Dale says, has happened to him, developing a proper attitude toward things. And this is one of the things that is happening in this present time. This is why God has made a deposit with us is so that we may be able to develop a proper attitude towards things. Now let's look at Luke 16 for a moment, and uh, we want to look at uh, one of the, the key scriptures of this entire series. Luke 16, which we uh, studied, verse 10. Let's look at that again. Here then is the purpose that is being worked out. Sam said, I think there's, a, there's something else being worked out in this. And this is true. Verse 10, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own, no servant can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, else he'll hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay, here then the purpose is being worked out. This has, according to that, an eternal perspective, doesn't it? Find that for me in that verse of Scripture. Somebody find that for me and, and read it out loud. What's the eternal perspective? Name it. Uh, uh, she, uh, uh, Kathy. Okay, if you're faithful with, with $5, you'll be faithful with $10,000. But if you're not faithful with $5, you won't be faithful with $10,000. And so he said, God, bless me, Lord. So, see, there's, there's, there's many, many people that say, uh, uh, I want to, uh, you know, I want to make a lot of money, and I want to make a lot of money so that I can really bless God, and the blessing of God is going to be on the work of God. And, uh, and they say, well, are you, uh, are you a tither and a giver? And, well, no, I can't afford to now, but when God, uh, when he makes me rich, I'm really going to, I'm really going to turn him on. Well, if you're not faithful with a little, you needn't worry about a lot, because the same character traits are carried over wherever you are, what locale that you're, that you're in. Does everyone see that? All right, there's another eternal perspective that's there. That has uh, further ramifications than that and is leading to the main purpose, Sam. Okay, the true riches are eternal riches, and I doubt seriously if we even have any grasp of what that's all about. Do you, Sam? 
I don't think we even, our mind can even fathom. But God has something in mind for us that will blow your mind. Wow. I get excited. Say, well, I'm going to get to heaven and just play a harp. Oh, if you get to heaven, you're going to do more than play a harp. Because that refers to something else, doesn't it? There's something else that God's working out in the present time in his house. He's training stewards for eternity. And that has to do, not this isn't the whole story, but it has to do with that things that come through our fingers. Okay, and he says, the true riches are ahead. Okay, then there's another truth there. Jeff, did you pick that up? Okay, if you haven't been faithful in that which another man, who give, uh, give you that which is your own? Now, there's no parent that's sitting here this morning that would lay a big bunch of bread on your children. If you have a child that's uh, uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. <laughs> no parent in their right mind would lay in their hand, uh, how much? <laughs> how much shall we say? A buck? <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And I mean, I could, I could tell you a lot of stories. I have personally seen this. And uh, you, you just take, uh, you just take uh, $100,000 and lay it in the hand of a, of a juvenile, and you have destroyed them forever. You've ruined a life. They may never recover again. And, and, uh, and the 100000 will not last, I can tell you that. It certainly will not last. Dan? A person who's rich uh, takes a lot of your, their energy, doesn't it? Their attention. And so Jesus said a scripture that, that was very relevant for that. What was it, Dan? Where a man's, where the man's treasure is, there will his heart be also. The Mitchell was the other, turned it around. Where a man's heart is, there will be a treasure also. Okay, that's true. Bill? <laughs> now transferring that into the spiritual reality then we're learning an eternal truth aren't we we're learning something about stewardship then is that God is working something in our lives that has to do with the gospel has to do with the sending forth of the gospel and it has to do with the developing of a correct attitude toward, towards money and it has to do with developing a character trait that has to do with eternity and unless that's worked out, then something's going to be deficient in our eternal characters. Okay, Ike? 